This is the WOKV Spotlight on 104.5 WOKV. He is unfit for any office. The House committee investigating last year's Capitol riot says there's plenty of evidence former President Trump committed crimes. They referred the case to the Justice Department. WOKV political and legal analyst Rick Mullaney with the Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute was following along during that pretty historic hearing through the afternoon yesterday. Rick, we know and we knew going into this uh, criminal referral wouldn't necessarily have teeth uh, per se. However, if you're the Department of Justice, is there evidence that maybe the House committee gathered that are relevant or that it would be relevant to the investigation that it's doing? Rich, there's little doubt that the Justice Department wants access to all the transcripts and all the information that the committee assembled. Uh, but I doubt very seriously that the Justice Department is uh, doesn't already have that information in a sense. And what I'm talking about is um, this is what they do. They have the resources. They have a broad-ranging investigation. It's an ongoing investigation. I believe they are able to investigate in a way that the committee hasn't. And so, therefore, they want to get all the information they can. So they want access to the transcripts uh, and the witnesses. That'll just add to their investigation. But I do think the Department of – you should not confuse the role of the Department of Justice with the committee. Uh, the committee's audience, of course, is the court of public opinion and the public at large. The Justice Department, of course, is trying to decide very narrowly in its investigation whether or whether or not criminal charges should be filed against Donald Trump and others. I want to unpack some of the uh, statutes the committee cited in its referral. Obstruction of an official proceeding. What is that essentially telling us? Well, there were a number of instances here in which the, the over the course of the last 18 months, and particularly in 2022, when the committee focused on pressure by Donald Trump and those on his behalf uh, to obstruct, in their view, obstruction of justice. That included pressure on state and local officials, such as in Georgia and Arizona. It included pressure on the Department of Justice and wanting to change out the attorney general uh, to Mr. Clark. It included um, other sorts of pressure, for example, on Donald Pence, uh, on the vice, uh, I mean, on Mike Pence uh, for the, and the certification of the election. So those obstruction charges are sort of multiple pieces, uh, but there's a lot of components to the potential obstruction charge. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. I understand that's a general statute. It makes it a crime to work with someone else to carry out a fraud against the United States. Is that where we're talking about other potential players in the incident? We are. Uh, basically, what the committee was saying is the president wasn't acting alone. And in a conspiracy, of course, you're not acting alone. It's an agreement between uh, two or more people to take to do something unlawful. Here, again, there'll be a number of different things they'll be looking at. For example, the creation of a false set of electors uh, in the number of states to compete with those electors for certification. Um, and, the con- and those around him, in particular, John Eastman, who was, who was mentioned by name for criminal referral under the first count obstruction, also part of this conspiracy. Did you note uh, all of the times that they were referring to the uh, four referrals or talking about the four referrals and others came up over and over again? Is that a I mean, how many others might there ultimately be? This committee's work is essentially over. Will we find that out maybe tomorrow when the full report comes out? Who are the others? I guess I wonder. Um, I don't think. Well, certainly the real focus of the committee was Donald Trump. And there were in the course of the investigation, there were many or others. For example, John Eastman. Uh, they've talked about Rudy Giuliani and the role he played. They've talked about a number of people uh, in the Trump orbit who played roles and furthered his efforts in this area that they believe uh, was a conspiracy to overturn uh, the election from 2020. They were very explicit in deferring this to the Department of Justice. But it's important to note, you mentioned it at the beginning, 
that this referral does not have any legal consequence. It has no legal significance. It's symbolic in gesture, more ceremonial. It does not create a legal obligation on the part of part of the Department of Justice to go forward. And in fact, I believe, Rich, it makes their job more difficult Hmm. because one of the claims will be that the Department of Justice is acting politically. I believe Donald Trump strategically announced that he was running for president early back in November, and he did it in part to make their job more difficult. And it does make their job more difficult because he is not only a former president, he's a candidate for the presidency, and he's also running against the person who appointed the Attorney General Merrick Garland. So the Department of Justice is in a very difficult position. I think it's potentially made more difficult by the criminal referral and more difficult by the candidacy of Donald Trump. So what's the timeline and what do you look for next? Well, typically the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney's offices around the country operate on their own time frame. But here you have a political calendar. You've got the overhang of the election in 2024 for the president. But in 2023, that election for president begins to take shape. So in terms of timeline, I expect it will be in 2023, the first half of 2023. And then you're going to have a very significant decision one way or the other as to whether or not criminal charges alleging federal crimes against Donald Trump. Uh, we've never faced anything quite like this as a country. The criminal referral yesterday was unprecedented and largely symbolic, uh, symbolic but clearly historical. Uh, historic. What you will have is, for the first time in our country's history, the potential of criminal charges against a, formal president, a former president who is running for president. That will be very significant. I expect to see that early in 2023, that decision one way or the other. Yeah. Our political and legal analyst, Rick Mullaney with Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute. Back in another career, you were a general counsel. I was in touch with the uh, supervisor of elections, Mike Hogan. He says he's going to be meeting with the general counsel on this ruling that came. I know you haven't had a chance to fully pour through it, but that's a big challenge now for the general counsel to essentially be referring in such a short window for this, uh, for the supervisor of elections and some of the political redistricting. Is that a bigger challenge than uh, the Justice Department may have right now on this one? (laughs) It's a challenge. I would not say it's a bigger challenge, and it's not as consequential as what's going on at the national level, but it's very significant. And remember, we've had these challenges to redistricting both at the local level here in Duval County, and we've had it at the state level. At the state level, the map introduced by Governor DeSantis has been challenged legally, and that's up on appeal. And you may recall that in the the midterm elections that we just had, it was the map submitted by Governor Santos that was the map in effect at the time of the election. And by the way, took it from a Republican lead of 17 to 11 uh, to a Republican lead of 20 to 8 uh, and made a big difference in the House of Representatives. For Duval County, you're going to see a shift in the maps. Um, I'm not certain just yet what the consequences will be in terms of uh, you're going to have some different lines and you need to have it in place as soon as you can because we have spring elections looming. It's really significant how you draw the lines, but it'll be interesting to see what it means for the composition of the city council in the future. Yeah, it's going to be a storyline we'll follow for you very closely over the coming days and weeks ahead. It might even be challenged again, as we heard from one city council member, Rory Diamond, our political and legal analyst, Rick Mullaney with the Jacksonville University Public Policy Institute. Always value you. Thank you so much. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.